we don't have to release the older kids because they're already gone. They're, they're at the retreat. And so I want you guys to turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 11 and 12. I'm going to let the kids get out before I do this, otherwise they're going to want to stay. I'm going to start the message out today with a little bit of fun activity. One of the people that work in the garden out there, his name is Dennis, came in and gave us this whole bag of saltwater taffy from the coast. And so I'm going, dang, that's a lot of taffy. And, you know, it's like, and so Liz, our secretary, and I were kind of bouncing around. I said, what are we going to do with this? And she came up with a bright idea that's going to kind of lead into our message today. She says, why don't you have people stand up, and if they can recite a Bible verse, I can give them some saltwater taffy. So who would like to stand up today and recite a Bible verse? Okay, Karen. All right. Thank you. Very cool. Okay, Patty. All right. Is the difference between one and two or four, whatever? Close enough. Yeah, Romans 12. All right. Chapter. Who else we got? Okay. Well, that was an easy one, but that's a good one. I know we've been we've been studying that, haven't we? Yeah, you can just give it to us and then like you know have credit. No, you can. You want another? I'll give you another one because I like you. Okay, okay, Don. Philippians four six to seven. Don't worry about anything except pray about everything. Tell God your needs. Don't forget to thank Him for His answers. That won't. If you do this, you'll experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. Here, take some more. <laughs> okay. Anybody? Okay. Lori. John 3.16. Oh, okay. Yeah. If we believe in God, we will have everlasting life. Close enough. All right. Good enough. All right. Who else? Uh, Scott. I, we should disqualify you. you. We could probably give a bunch. No, no. Okay. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, unless a man be born again, he shall not enter the kingdom of God. Awesome. Cool beans. All right. Anyone else? Anyone brave? Oh, Penny. Jesus wept. Okay, you get a bunch for that. That's just, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Where? Okay, Christine. The Lord is my shepherd. We don't need to hear. Okay, so here you go. We had to memorize that in the sixth grade, and I think that should be required again for us all. Everybody should have to memorize that. Okay, very good. I'm going to keep this, but we're going to do this again. So I'm going to just keep you guys on your toes, and then ignore the verse that says that there should be no gluttony, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, that doesn't count. So <laughs> how does that fit? Oh, I forgot something else. Lisa. So Jane's not here. Kurt is. So Kurt, just forget this. We have a card for Jane because she did so much. And so we went online. We got this really big card. And so we're going to pass this around and we'd appreciate it if you signed it. And so 
Um, I'm just going to pass that around while you guys can do that, okay? So what does this got to do? Well, we're in a series of what if I were an adult, okay? And, uh, and so one of the things that marks an adult is that we pay attention to the Word of God, okay? It's part of our life, and we learn to listen to the Bible above all other voices that are out in the world, and that's a key distinction between a mature Christian and an immature Christian. Mature Christians listen to God through the Word of God. Let me start with John 10. This is Jesus. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, a man who does not enter the sheep by the pen uh, enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. We got a lot of thieves and robbers today, okay? So he's just letting us know there's thieves and robbers, okay? The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him, because they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. One of the most distinctive features between a mature Christian and immature Christian is that as we grow up in Christ, we not only listen to the shepherd, okay, but we learn to distinguish his voice from all the other voices that are out there. It's a, it's a part of being an adult, Christian, and it's something we have to learn because here's the problem. When we're young, new in Christ, when we're immature, we don't have the discernment that we need to tell the difference between Jesus' voice and all the other voices. So just like a young child who is offered candy by a stranger, okay, or like a young child who is told by a stranger, your parents told me to come get you. We don't know and we're sucked in to someone who's really not of God. So we naively follow a stranger's voice. And it's not only our lack of discernment, but when we're children and immature in Christ, we have a time, hard time separating Jesus' voice from our own voice, which usually is all about hearing only what I want to hear and not hearing what I won't, don't want to hear. Okay? How many times... Have my kids said, Dad, you said we could go to bed late. Dad, you said we could go out and get ice cream. Dad, and I never said any such thing. Have any of you parents experienced that? Oh, yeah, all the time. And it's the other thing, you know, Dad, you didn't say I couldn't go out. And, and I, yeah, yeah, I did. But they conveniently didn't hear that. Well, guess what? We do this as adult, you know, as a natural adults, but not spiritual adults. We do this with God. You know, we conveniently don't hear his nose, and we conveniently kind of reinterpret God's word to match what we want, right? And so part of growing up, part of being adult is learning to listen to Jesus. And the primary way we do that, folks, is by listening to the Bible. We got to hear the word of God through God through the word of the Bible. And uh, without the Bible, we are basically cast adrift on this endless sea without a map or a compass or any kind of direct, not even the stars. And you see, the Bible is our means of founding our life. And so the question is this, how do we, how though do we get our Bible? Because understand in the New Testament times, 
They did not have a Bible like we have a Bible, okay? What they had was the people who actually wrote the Bible. Does that make sense? And we call them apostles and prophets, but mainly the apostles. And so they're the ones who gave us the word of God. So in the New Testament times, those Christians had to listen to those teachers, those apostles chosen by Jesus. Today, we listen to the same guys, only it's written down in the Bible. So it's the same. We just have it in written form. And so in the Corinthian church, they were not listening to Paul or the other apostles. Instead, these immature believers were starting to listen to the stranger's voice, other voices that were not from God. And so in the last chapters of 2 Corinthians, Paul is having to address this. He's having to challenge them to discern the difference between the true voice of God and the false voice of God. And he's actually having to defend his apostleship. And he refers to the false teachers, when, you, when we read this, as super apostles. He's being sarcastic, okay? So these so-called super... And so in chapter 11, verse 5, Paul says, but I do not think I'm in the least inferior to those super apostles. I may not be a trained speaker, but I do have knowledge, and we have made this perfectly clear to you in every way. You get what he's trying to do here? He goes on further in verses 13 and 15 of chapter 11. He says, for such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It's not surprising then if his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness. Just as that was a problem back then, that's the same problem we face today. There's a lot of other voices out there. There's self-help people who say, you don't need God, you can help yourself. And there's people out there who say, uh, there is a God, but we're better than God, you know? And it sounds so good. It sounds so awesome. It's like, man, it's really, really good. Because they masquerade as servants of light. And God wants us to be able to discern the difference between the true voices and the false voices. Paul clarifies this even more in chapter 12, verse 11 and 12, because Paul found himself competing with these guys. And this is what he says, I've made a fool of myself, but you drove me to it. I ought to have been commended by you, for I'm not in the least inferior to the super apostles, even though I'm nothing. The things that mark an apostle, signs, wonders, and miracles were done among you with great perseverance. So in order for us to listen to Jesus, we have to pay attention to the apostles and the Bible they gave us, just as the Corinthian church needed to listen to the original apostles who wrote the Bible. And it raises the question, why trust them? Why do we believe in them? What credentials do they have? Why trust Paul? Well, Paul talks about the marks of an apostle. What are they? What are the things that let us know that these guys are the real deal, that they are true and from God? Well, let me spend some time with you. And this is kind of an educational message. I'm going to outline four credentials, four ways, four marks of an apostle that we can look at and say, yeah, these guys are from God because the other people don't have these things. They might have one or two, but they don't have all of them. So let's look. First, the apostles had personally been with Jesus and were specifically, specially chosen by Jesus to be his witnesses and spokespersons. 
The apostle Paul was specifically called by Jesus to be his representative to the Gentiles. These guys actually had firsthand flesh and blood, hands-on experience with Jesus, okay? In Mark 3, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him, and he pointed the 12, designating them apostles that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach, okay? In Acts 10, it says, He, Jesus, was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen who ate, who, by us, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed judge of the living and the dead. Later on in his letter, Peter says, We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And then we got the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He says, am I not an apostle? Have I, have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Yeah. And in 1 Corinthians 15, after Paul talks about the gospel, he says, Jesus appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. And that's one of the marks of apostle. They were with Jesus. They talked with him. They ate with him. And they experienced him. They witnessed his death, his burial, and his resurrection. How many people can say that? Okay. So that's just one of the things they have. Secondly, the apostles were given special revelation from God that no one had ever received up until then, and no one has ever received since then. These guys had a line with God that we can't even comprehend. And so listen to what Paul says. And by the way, so when Jesus left, he sent his Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit revealed a whole lot more truth to these guys. Now, listen to what Paul says in, in first, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up into the third heaven. Whether it was in body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up into paradise and he heard inexpressible things that man is not permitted to tell. Wow. I can't even imagine what that was like. But all the apostles, Paul included, had that kind of experience because God wanted these men to be his representatives on this planet. It's through these men, through the Bible, that we gain all this other information about who God is and his love and his truth and the good news and all the other stuff we gain from reading the Bible. In Ephesians 3, Paul goes, explains to them, he says, surely you've heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation. As I have already written briefly, in reading this then, you'll be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. Okay? So, the apostles have been with Jesus, were appointed by Jesus. They had special revelation by the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, the apostles were given the ability to perform powerful signs, miracles, and wonders by the Holy Spirit and the hand of God. Paul already referred to this back in chapter 12, verse 12, the things that mark an apostle, signs, wonders, miracles, were done among you with all perseverance. So God knew that if anybody was going to pay attention to these guys, they needed to kind of have some kind of proof that they were from God. So they were able to do some amazing things. 
They were able to heal people. They were able to cast out demons. They could speak any language miraculously that they didn't know. I mean, you could go on with the list. In Romans 15, Paul says, Therefore I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done by the power of signs, miracles, and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And see, these guys could do miracles. They did not need a manipulative, choreographed worship service to heal anybody. I hope you understand what I'm saying. These guys could just walk up to somebody and heal them on the spot, bam. No psychological manipulations, no camera tricks, no earphones, no, nothing, okay? And they were amazing. There were miracles that could not be done before or after, and no one still does. But there's counterfeits, aren't there? Yeah, so we need to know the difference. And so they had that ability to do signs and miracles. But finally, and most importantly, all the apostles of Christ were proven through severe and intense sufferings that could only be endured by God's enabling. And for me, this is the key criteria. Because all modern-day apostles are all self-proclaimed apostles, you know, they don't suffer that much. Not like these guys. I want you to listen to Paul's credentials of trials and tribulation. This, this is a... Paul says, I've been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes, minus one, five times. I wouldn't survive one time, five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. Three times. I spent a night and day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from the rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from uh, the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. He goes on in verse 27, and I've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked and besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. How would you like that kind of life? But you see, when you are called to be an apostle, you are not called to live in a nice house or drive a fancy car or wear an expensive watch. And you see, most of the modern-day apostles live pretty well. Most. None of them match this. I mean, that's a hard life. The original apostles of Christ were put to death for their testimony about Jesus. In fact, the very word witness, the word witness comes from the Greek word martus, which literally means martyr. We get our word martyr because of their witness. To be a witness for Jesus automatically was a death sentence. You became a martyr. And these guys... The, Okay, so the only apostle not to, die, or not to die a martyr's death, but to die of natural causes was the apostle John. But he was exiled to an isle of Patmos, and he was boiled in oil. Okay, would you do that? Would you live that kind of life for a lie? Were these guys telling the truth? Were they trying to pull some, something over on us? Were these guys speaking the truth? Would you 
go through that if you are not truly a servant of Christ and called by God to preach to the rest of the world the truth that God gave them. See, these men were the real deal. No one has measured up to them since then, and these guys gave us the Bible through which we can listen to Jesus. And that's the other thing about true apostles. They do not point us to them. Every single one, Paul included, is constantly you know, saying, don't look at me. I am pointing you to Jesus because that's why the word of God was given to us. Paul told the Colossians, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. See, these men had been with Jesus and been called. They, uh, they were given special revelation. They were given the ability to do special signs, and they suffered. And, uh, but they died for Jesus so that we might know the truth about Jesus. And again, would you die for that? Their words can be trusted. Therefore, the Bible can be trusted. But you cannot learn to recognize Jesus' voice and you cannot learn to discern the voice of strangers unless you yourself are in the Bible. And that's the main point. Are you reading the Bible? Are you studying the Bible? Do you know the Bible? Are you, have you memorized any of it? I mean, what, what is your relationship to the Word of God? Because a lot of Christians talk about being Christians, but you don't spend any time in the Bible. I like that Mike has us reading at least one chapter every day on Facebook. Do you look at that? Are you reading that? Do you have your own reading plan? Are you in it every day? What's your commitment to listening to Jesus? Is that important to you? Because it's trustworthy. It's from God. But it's on us to spend time listening. Amen? You know, the, church, the Bible's solid. You can build your life on it. But when we're children, when we're immature, we just don't have time for it. We got too many other things we want to do that are more important. We have our own life agendas, and oh yeah, I just didn't have time to read my Bible today. Really? What's more important than listening to Jesus? You know, there's so many other things we think we need to do or want to do. But what if we were adults? Let's all be standing for a closing word of prayer. Father in heaven, I just thank you that you've given us a way and a means to know your word apart from our imagination, apart from the voices of all other human beings who want something from us, even if it's just our attention. Father, we thank you that through the myriad of voices you have spoken to us clearly through the voice of men who you've called and have suffered for you. And may we just have the wisdom, the enlightened self-interest to listen to that voice and thus listen to you. Help us as a church body to become a people of the word so that we may experience you and reflect you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a good week.